man, it's crazy. Act like my son didn't deserve another shot at the league, man. <laughs> well, blazes it is, man. It's been a little bit overdue, but why not? You're locked onto the Let's Talk Sports podcast, the weekly NBA podcast without all those soft, generic bullshit takes. Don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe. Now, with no further ado, let's get you into this week's episode of Let's Talk Sports. Everything happened kind of like in like 48 hours. It's been reported that Camilla Anthony's going to be team uh, your, your thoughts on that? I mean, like I, like I said before, I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. And forward at 6-8 from Syracuse, number 7, Carmelo Anthony! All right. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Sports. Thank you for checking in with your boy, Remo, a.k.a. Melo Reem. And if you did not hear the intro, if you did not hear the intro, start it over from the beginning because the Mellow Man is making his way back to the NBA. Give him a round of applause. All right, so for those who... May have been under a rock or might not have heard the news. Carmelo Anthony has been signed by the Portland Trailblazers to a non-guaranteed deal. So um, with this non-guaranteed deal, they can get rid of him before I think it's January 7th. And it won't, it won't go against the books, meaning that they will save in luxury taxes. But at this point in time, I think... The Blazers really need a jolt of energy. They need a lifeline. And why not get it from a guy like Carmelo? Right now, you're depending on people like Anthony Tolliver, Mario Hazonia, the rookie Little. Like, come on. We know that, you know, Dame and CJ, they've been calling for Melo to come join the Portland Trailblazer for some time, you know, for the last maybe two or three seasons. And Dame even came out and said, you know, we've been trying to lobby for this guy to come play with us for a while. And I think they kind of gave up on Melo actually joining them out there in Portland, you know. Some of the Loyalist fans. So I think I think Melo going there might be helpful for him. The, the crowd will love him for sure. But I think... They need him in a role because CJ and Dame right now are it's, it's too much it's too much load on those guys' backs. Lillard, number one in the NBA in minutes played, and he's number I believe four in points scored per game at this point in time. But it's too much for a guy like Lillard, man, especially with the with the way they're struggling right now. So, um, I think Melo getting there would be helpful. But the realistic factor is Melo is 35. What do we really expect Melo to contribute to that team? Me, personally, I see Melo realistically in a 15 to 18 point a game role. If they allow him to play his game. Where they're saying... We're not gonna play gimmick basketball with you. We're gonna give you a rocket and gonna get some a couple possessions where 
you can heat up and do mellow like things. Not saying we're going to give you 18 seconds to jab step, jab step, but get into a feel, get into a flow, being that he's a momentum type of player. You know what I'm saying? So I really think it'd be essential for them to give him a couple touches to, to really help lighten the load on CJ and Dean, who everybody knows as shooters, you go through shooting slumps. And I don't think they can ill afford to go through a shooting slump at this time because they really can't rely on a Kent Bazemore or Rodney Hood to provide a solid 16 to 18 nightly. So if you get a if you get a, a, a chip in from Mello, a chip in from Hood, a chip in from Bazemore, and then you got Anthony Simons coming off the bench, I can see it, you know, working in the right directions. Right now, they're 12th or 13th in the Western Conference. It's not going to cut it. So my my next thing to you guys, I, I just want to know, realistically, is Mellow enough to really get them back on track? I think it would be helpful for the most part, you know. They'll sniff them because of the bad start with everybody else playing good. I think they'll get around the 6th, 7th seed. And they'll have to work in chemistry alongside of that. Or just get to that point until the midseason break around All-Star time. And see what trades are out there available to them. Like I see them going after a Kevin Love would be something. You know what I mean? As a beneficial to them. You know, uh, it, it'll help Cleveland get Love off those books. You could get Bazemore who's expiring contract over there with maybe a future pick. You know, something where, where it could work in the favor of the team trading. And the Blazers might just have to eat a contract to actually, you know, be successful. Because you can't go from last year being in the Western Conference Finals to struggling to even make the, the playoffs this year. Like, that's working backwards. Especially with the kind of contract that you pay Damon CJ. Forget, the, forget Damon CJ. The Blazers alone have the number one budgeted team right now like they, their budget is number one in the NBA and from what we're looking at right now over the horizon doesn't look pretty for them so far so like I, I named Kevin Love as a potential guy that they should look after um I kind of like the idea of, of getting it's hard for me to say this but a Danilo Garanari Believe it or not, you know, Gallo kind of fits for what they need. Even if you say you bring in Melo and you want to bring Melo in as your sixth man and you get Gallo to start as your four, your stretch four, Gallinari is solid when he has solid point guard play. So he doesn't have to do so much. I think that'll work out good for their favor. But who would they give up? Again, I think it'll probably be a Baysmore. Uh, little, a little, not a little, little, and maybe a draft, a future draft pick. It may that may could sway them to get somebody like that, or you could just you know go out and get a few. I mean, dog type players. I I wouldn't mind seeing them go out and getting a some play from uh. A Reggie Jackson, somebody would give Dame a break, but you know you could still get solid guard play, point guard play. I know Nate, Naz, um, 
I know uh, Anthony Simons is their backup point guard, I guess. But I think he's better off the ball. So I'd more than likely play him off the ball and, you know, go after a definitive guard that, you know, point guard that can run the show and give Dame a break. Even when Dame, game, Dame gets back in the game, he can play off ball and be a two in some factors. You know, it, it's a couple things I think that they could play around with. But, like, them selling Mello was probably the biggest shakeup in Portland history in a while. Just name factor alone. Because they drafted most of the players that came there that, you know, that seemed to be, like, you know, popularity names. You know, uh, Brandon Roy was a big name, but he was drafted there. Lillard, of course. LaMarcus Aldridge, who ended up leaving. So they had a problem with holding on to big names, and they haven't got any big names to really come back and sign with these guys. And, you know, let's see, man. Melo debuts on Tuesday night. I don't know what they expect, but, you know, you know I'm with the Melo man already, so... Let's get it, man. It's, it's Melo time. Three to the head, man. Three to the head. All right. So, let's transition over to the Eastern Conference. The Boston Celtics have started off with a 9-2, and two, a 10-2 and two record. Pardon me. And the team seems to be just rolling seamlessly. We have players that have been there last year. We have new players all combining to, to make a beautiful effort. Let me start off with a few numbers for you guys. Jason Tatum is, shoot, is scoring 19.7 points. Kimber Walker, the new acquisition to replace Kyrie Irving, is actually averaging 23.8 points a game, shooting 41% from three-point range, which is, which is excellent right now. Jalen Brown. They paid Jalen Brown this year on the extension. And at first, I thought it was pretty risky to, you know, jump out the window on a Jalen Brown. He seemed like a raw talent, you know, energy type of guy. Even even Kimba, I, I was kind of in question of signing a guy like Kimba Walker. Based on the fact that he's such a small guard and he's been playing hero ball kind of in a losing situation in Charlotte. So I don't know if it was more of him being an outstanding talent. Versus him actually being able to perform on a higher stage. And Kimba proved me wrong. That's first and foremost. Because I'm not, I've never been one of those guys that believe the little guys, you know, are effective later on in life. But Kimba has proven that, you know, his worth was, was more than just playing on a bad team. So let's go back to Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown right now is averaging 20 points per game. And shooting 51% from the field, which is very big for these guys. Because I deemed him just as an athletic type of guy. You know, above the rim, putbacks. But he's shooting at a clip where it makes it easy to win because you're not missing a lot. He doesn't have a lot of shots where he's going to take bad shots and make him up later in the game. So, him at 51% is amazing. And let's talk about Gordon Haywood. To be honest with you, I didn't know what the hell to expect from Gordon Haywood this year. Last year, I believe, you know, they rushed him back a little too soon. Based on his his leg injury, you know, he had the compound fraction in his leg. 
He missed the majority of the year. Came back later in the season. And I just think he be, he came back without being himself. It wasn't time for Gordon to really like press on the gas. And you know, the coach Brad Stevens, I believe he kind of force fed the hand when it came to Gordon. Cause you know, being that he played for him at Baylor University, you know, they had a camaraderie with one another, a, a, a nice rapport. But being that they played and worked with each other, I think he had a little bit more faith in Gordon at the time than Gordon maybe had it in himself. Because this point in time, you know, coming from in, uh, injury, it's more of the mental than the physical. Because most of the time, you know, you're dealing with the mental aspect of really figuring out, wow, like, you know, is my career over? Will I ever be the same player? How will I get back to a form where he left? He left from an all-star, a all-star type of performance in Utah to come to play for Boston. But, you know, he's figuring it out now. This season, he's averaging 18.9 points. And he's actually shooting 55% from the field, which is amazing. This is something that we didn't see coming from him last year because he struggled to the point where they had to start taking minutes away from Gordon because he was taking minutes away from productive players like a Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. And the fact that they're all figuring out together and it's looking amazing, is a, it's just, a, it's just a, a telltale sign of chemistry. Chemistry and, touching, and trusting your players really matter because they did lose... They did lose Al Horford, which was the centerpiece, which was their glue guy, which was their, you know, their veteran, somebody they, they could lean on and really try to figure out what's what with them. And they seem not to have really missed the beat, you know. Marcus Smart is playing solid with his, with his role, his updated role, his upgraded role at that. But, you know, like, I, I was always on the fence with a Marcus Smart because aside from him bringing energy, I didn't really see the shooting and all of that. And, you know, Scary Terry kind of, like, showed, all right, you know, he was ready but not ready for the spotlight because he isn't really doing much out there in, um, in Charlotte. Nah, it's not looking good for that man. But, you know what I mean? Marcus Smart showed that, you know, a little bit more minutes and a little bit more confidence – he can play his role to the T and, you know, once a player knows their role and they accept their role on a team and they don't try to play outside of that role, it's it works wonders. And he's probably one of the proven factors of that role playing, accepting role type of guys. And, you know, 10 and 2, man, I don't know exactly how long this will last and I don't know if this is something that we can see and we'll... I mean, view in the future as what it's gonna be, but from what we see so so far, I'm also everybody's playing in their realm. Nobody's playing out of position. Nobody seems to be wanting to force the issue or playing for a contract. Everybody's locked in and engaged, and you know it's better. It's more to come. They're they're number one in the East at this point in time. So I'm also right now with the um, with the bosses with the Boston Celtics. On another note, Boston getting off to such a good start. This this have some kind of 
I mean, potential viewership of how you should look at Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving, tech, uh, he he decided to leave Boston this this summer and to sign with the Nets. The Nets are currently five and seven in the Eastern Conference right now. Bruh. Kyrie is playing playing amazing as you know a scoring scoring point guard. He is averaging almost eight assists per game, which is pretty solid. But they haven't gotten off to the start that you know we thought they would have gotten off to based on you know the uproar that was coming from signing a Kyrie Irving him leaving Boston and where the Nets finished off last year Boston left Boston finished the season last year at 49 and 33 fourth place in the Eastern Conference and they had a second round sweep exit to the Milwaukee Bucks and we kind of knew at that point that was the last of the Kyrie Irving, you know, effort in Boston, if you could say that, because, you know, he kind of shot himself in the foot on the way out with uh, terrible shooting percentages, and it never looked like it really clicked, like it never really got in sync. So is this an indictment on Kyrie as a leader now that he's you know casted a sail away from Boston and they've started so great going over to the Nets where they had success last year with D'Angelo Russell actually making it to the playoffs with a team that you know nobody expected to do really much of anything and then they signed a couple veterans with DeAndre Jordan you know KD is signed, but we expect nothing of him. And the return of Karis LeVert, the return of Dimwitty. You know, they have some crafty guys there that, you know, can give some hand. Well, you know, there is a 25-game suspension of Wilson Chandler, so we're yet to see him. I haven't seen Amon Shumpert perform yet, the new signing from the Nets. But what can we expect from Kyrie and the Nets? He seems to be a little banged up and I did say in the previous episodes that the load that Kyrie has to take upon himself to actually be engaged and the team to be close to winning it's it's a bit much for somebody his size, his stature on an 82 game season I've seen from the arrival of Kyrie uh, Karis LeVert steps back a little bit which he's hurt at this point in time and then Dimwitty he's taking another step back so you know I'm I'm a Kyrie guy I don't want to be a Kyrie hater and I, I kind of envision this year as a you know a wash year because there is no KD there is no de facto two man to his one and I always wondered if the Levert breakout year last year and the Dimwitty breakout year last year was all based on undersigned hype. Like these guys were playing at a level that nobody really expected, nobody really paid attention to. And it might have been good numbers on a bad team until they started winning. So it's, it's something that we should have expected to come into this year to continue on. Or was it just a good season where. Shots were just dropping. This shit is crazy. You know, New York, the New York Knicks suck. The Boston, the, the Boston Celtics are killing. 
And the Nets ain't doing too good, man. I guess, you know, the Boston-New York rivalry is <laughs> back on, and we didn't even know it. But what can we say? Let's discuss another uh, a team who has been a pinnacle of the Western Conference Finals. The, the San Antonio Spurs. Man, the, the San Antonio Spurs are probably the gold standard of the NBA. Making the playoffs for the last almost 20 years. Under Greg Popovich, who has been 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 a coach since, I believe, I want to say 96. 94, 96, since, since the, the Tim Duncan ever began. But... Aside from from that, like he's seen and he's developed and groomed so many different talents that we wouldn't expect to really expect much from, like a Manu Ginobili. Nobody really expected Manu Ginobili to have the type of career that he did. Some say it is the system. Some say it's the players inside of the system. We've never really seen players leave the system and really pan out the same way. You know, as they did under the pop tutelage. But at this point in time, it seems like the era might be coming to an end, man. Right now, the Spurs have started off 5-8. and eight, And it doesn't look like it's getting any better anytime soon. With the Western Conference elevating in talent, elevating in the type of uh, players that they have coming in to to like the Rockets signed Westbrook and PG-13 went to the Clippers the Clippers got Kawhi and AD went to LA the Spurs were really quiet this offseason they didn't I, I don't I don't I haven't seen anybody where they say like oh you know this person signed over there we can expect XYZ so I don't ex- I didn't expect them to have a better season even though they did make the playoffs last year I don't really see it you know obtainable with the sudden emergence of the Spurs this year and you know they're not the Spurs sorry the Suns the Suns are playing pretty good at this point in time and that might be a slot where the Spurs can slide out and then give a chance to some new young cats being that it is early, it is early with the five and they do have two former All Stars in Lamarcus Aldridge. I think was a current All Star last year, and they do still have DeRozan, which I've heard he's been inquired about in a trade from Orlando, which I think Orlando could get a nice boost with a, a player like you know um, this guy, but. I don't see Pop really giving anybody a shot to really, like, you know, move on to a better situation after the Spurs. Uh, we haven't really seen it. You know, DeRozan has kind of paid his dues in the NBA. He got traded from the Toronto Raptors, which eventually turned around and won a championship for the same guy that they traded for, which was Kawhi Leonard, which is... <laughs> It got to be a big shot in the ego, but, you know, to each his own. But who is there to really look forward to in playing with uh, 
with San Antonio. It's crazy because LaMarcus Aldridge decided to leave Portland to join the Spurs on a perchance on a on a chance to potentially win an NBA championship. And then it all went left. How'd you like that one? That didn't work out too well for you, did it, LA? And in all honesty, I think a reunion of LA to the Blazers would actually be perfect right now. If you could get rid of a guy like Whiteside and you bring back a LA, Whiteside comes off the books in one year. I don't know how long LA has on his contract, but I could see this working out, man. Even if you swing for LA, you know, and a, and a DeRozan for a little bundle and some draft picks and the Spurs just call it a day and, you know, look for a new direction, new head coach, couple draft picks. I can see it working in, from, in both teams' favor. That's just, you know, a pitch. Somebody will listen to that one, hopefully. And, and that that could turn around the, the, the Blazers' fortune for a couple seasons to come right there, man. But, you know, like I say all the time, man, what the hell do I know? Well, that's all, folks. This has been another episode of Let's Talk Sports. It's your host, Remo, a.k.a. Mr. Rich Threads, a.k.a. Mellow Reem. Melo is back in the NBA. Three to the head, man. Don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe. Check on your platform, SoundCloud, and iTunes now for Let's Talk Sports Podcast. Yes, we are on iTunes now. Mama, we have made it. And we signing out episode three. Peace.